a segment is really about carving out smaller pieces of the market that you can go after. And then predictive intelligence is really about within that segment, figuring out who is in market to buy in the next 90 days and really spending your energies you know, focused on those people because that's kind of what predictive intelligence can enable you to do. Welcome to this marketing edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today's episode is with Amar Doshi, Vice President of Product at Sixth Sense. Thanks for joining the B2B Nation, Amar. Thank you for having me, Chris. Yeah, so as we get into this, uh, let's just start with having you tell us a little bit more about your background and Sixth Sense. All right. Well, um, I currently run product management and product marketing at Sixth Sense. Uh, Sixth Sense is a predictive intelligence company, and I'll tell you a little bit more about, about that soon. Um, me personally, I've worked in many different capacities uh, at companies like Encode Wireless, VeriSign, uh, Symantec, Proofpoint, a lot of security products. And you know, all these products and businesses were really built around data and data analytics. That's kind of why I ended up at Sixth Sense and my, my journey to come here. So if you really think about over the past couple of years, What's happened in the space of computation and storage and data management, uh, and just the reductions of costs that we've seen in all these technologies and the performance gains, you know, all of this together was really able to help us unlock the potential of data for many different industries and use cases. Uh, and having been a product owner, you know, in all these companies that, you know, over these years, you know, I, I saw kind of my sales and marketing teams go through a lot of struggles when they're trying to beat their quarter over quarter goals. Happened to you know, meet Amanda and meet Viral, the CEO and CTO of the company. And, you know, as I began to learn more about the vision of what Sixth Sense can do and what predictive intelligence in general can do, um, it was very clear and it resonated with me because, uh, you know, I felt that um, a company like Sixth Sense, uh, technology like Predictive, can really help teams like the sales and marketing teams in this specific use case of where Sixth Sense works uh, to really help them focus on the companies that are in market. And I could really see that empowering sales and marketing teams that I worked with. Um, so that's kind of when I, about you now two years ago, I, I joined Sixth Sense uh, and took up the mission with the team to really help uh, drive visibility uh, for B2B enterprises with uh, predictive intelligence. Yeah, so before we get into uh, talking more about predictive analytics, I really want to talk about B2B ESP. The conference just wrapped up. Uh, what are some of the highlights from that conference? Yeah, it was, a, it was a great conference, and, you know, obviously me as a, as a product guy, you know, sitting in these conferences, I'm always looking for for inspiration. Uh, you know, last year was a great conference. I think this year we had a lot of great attendees, a lot of marketing and sales practitioners, uh, thought leaders, and folks that really just had a pulse of their business. What I'm seeing is more and more marketers are really starting to understand that it's, it goes beyond just doing the tactical lead generation and demand generation and content syndication, but it's really starting to become about owning the customer journey and being customer centric. And of course, you know, top of mind for everybody at the conference was just with everything going digital and with so much happening online and this whole new generation of technologies in the MarTech space and the sales tech space, you know, everybody's just trying to figure out how are they going to use these different pieces of technology? So, I think, you know, off the top of my head, a couple of interesting talks were Christine Heckard, the CMO of Brocade, and her really dive into the mind of a CMO uh, and present, you know, how she thinks about it. And she, she kind of said that CMOs in many cases are really about being the change agent for the company. And she talked about how, with her team, 
they're really trying to focus on forward-looking indicators for marketing teams and driving performance. Uh, I think another one, Martha Adams, who is the chief creative officer from Grow Rising, then showcased the impact of uh, you know last year's contributions uh, that Sixth Sense and the audience made to Grow Rising. And then she walked through sort of the creative process of how they make an impact you know, as a nonprofit that's really trying to move forward the cause of uh, getting people to think about education of girls in other countries. And I could really see a lot of synergy with what they're doing as a nonprofit in the creative process uh, and what folks were talking about B2B companies doing with their customers that don't always get lost in the math uh, and in the analytics and forget about the creative process because they're both so important uh, to making things work. And I think lastly, uh, for me as a product guy, you know, just keeping my ears and eyes open and just hearing and watching Dell, NetSuite, BlueJeans, Cisco, and all these other companies who are on our panels, just talk about how they're all trying to transform their businesses in the digital world and, you know, of course, what kind of role they think predictive uh, plays today and will play in the future. Um, I think that was very valuable for me and uh, kind of a lot of stuff resonated uh, that I think, you know, helped the audience to exchange some great ideas. That was fascinating to hear about the uh, you know, backward-looking indicators versus the forward-looking indicators. And I certainly think that predictive analytics is one of those uh, forward-looking indicators. In your own words, I'm just curious to hear how you would describe uh, predictive analytics. It's a great question. And I, I think um, the simplest way to think about it is, is to separate actually the two. So kind of try to view predictions and predictive intelligence as being a little bit separate from analytics or, or what I call segmentation analytics. Um, so here, here's a way to think about it. Segmentation analytics is about finding out, you know, who's the typical customer that you sell to based on some historical number of transactions that you have and looking at, you know, firmographic data. So what's the typical size of the company, uh, the customer that I sell to? What's the typical industry I sell to? Uh, what are some of the growth numbers that they see, the revenue numbers that they see, what are some of the pain points that they express from, say, data center location. You know, stuff like that allows you to segment your market. It really allows you to carve out smaller pieces that you can go after. And then what I view predictive uh, doing is a prediction is really about predicting that a specific event will happen at a certain specific time, right? So there's really a time aspect to a prediction. And predictive intelligence, in this case, relies on dynamic behaviors and expression of intent that's determined by, you know, what companies are doing online. What are they researching? And we, we, if you put all that data together, it really allows you to then do kind of prioritization and drive focus within a segment for who is really in market to buy. So a segment is really about carving out smaller pieces of the market that you can go after. And then predictive intelligence is really about, within that segment, figuring out who is in market to buy in the next 90 days and really spending your energies you know, focused on those people because that's kind of what predictive intelligence can enable you to do. So, yeah, so let's take that last part just a, a step further. How does predictive analytics help marketers understand that prospect's intent to purchase? And essentially, how does that ultimately increase ROI? Yeah, so I mean, uh, if you talk to any B2B buyer, what they'll tell you is that let's say they had a project to uh, go buy servers for their data center. Um, it's typically not 
one person who's gone and done research, you know, prior to making a purchase. It's been a group of people at the company that have gone out over an extended period of time and have done a lot of research, uh, you know, on the on the B2B web, you know, on publisher sites, on social, on buying guide sites, on places where you get to see competitive intelligence around vendors. They've gone to analysts. Uh, and in some cases, of course, they raise their hand, they fill up a form, and now they're a part of the vendor's, you know, uh, CRM system and marketing automation system. So this journey that somebody has gone through and uh, a number of people at a company, the buying committee has gone through over an extended period of time, these all are living, leaving a digital footprint, right? So if you take that entire digital footprint and you're able to tie it all together, all the activity that a company has done anonymously, plus all the activity that a company has done once they've raised their hand and said, hey, I'm, I am in market to buy, please talk to me or call me. If you tie all this together, that is really what can help you determine whether somebody is having an intent to purchase or an intent to buy. So at that point, it's really about building a mathematical model around this kind of behavior and figuring out, you know, letting the math figure out uh, what kind of recency of activity or frequency of activity or type of activity uh, or relevancy of activity for a specific product. When all that's put together, you know, how does that really pr help you predict whether somebody is just getting started on their journey as a company to research and ultimately buy a product, uh, separate from somebody who is further along their research process uh, and is, you know, in the next you know, short period of time going to really be in market to start talking to vendors and, you know, open an opportunity. So that's the way I view figuring out using predictive intelligence within market to buy. And then from an ROI perspective, uh, we're always looking to help companies increase lift, right? It's, it's all about helping them do better than what they're doing today. So let's say, uh, let's take just a simple example of leads, right? The whole world currently in marketing operates in the form of leads. And I think everybody's moving to account-based marketing. But if you just take leads for a second and say, a thousand leads come in, of a thousand leads, a hundred of them convert and turn into opportunities. You know, how impactful could it be if a thousand leads come in and your team only works on 500 of them because the other 500 aren't really in market to buy. And of those 500, they're able to open opportunities at 200 of them because they spend their energies on a smaller subset. Well, that is a tremendous, you know, lift uh, and benefit to the company. Uh, so it kind of, it works out from an ROI perspective. You start to take predictive and attribute it to various different kinds of use cases, whether it's, your media execution and targeting engine, whether it's your outbound prospecting engine, whether it's content syndication and lead generation activities, you know, all of these things really ultimately help you formulate a overall ROI picture uh, for investing in, in predictive uh, and growing your, your pipeline. So you touched on this a little bit. A follow-up question I, I have to that is, uh, you know, how predictive analytics changes how marketers approach prospects or accounts. Uh, could you dive into that a little bit further? Yeah, so I think, let me ask you this question, Chris. So what if I told you that I could help you and give you insight for the time at which your audience is going to be listening to this podcast? Would that be transformational for the way you actually create some of these podcasts or you launch some of these podcasts? Absolutely. So take that very same analogy. And if you apply it to a marketer's world, well, if you could enable them with the power to understand 
that a certain segment of their market that they're going after is currently in market to buy. And then you take all the different tactics that a marketer or a salesperson does to actually go after that and in business. That's huge because imagine we had a we had a case study that was recently published around how, for example, Dell is working with Forbes and Sixth Sense to do media execution. And in today's world, you know, prior to predictive, you would go and work with the publisher and you would say, here's what I want to go and target. Uh, and if you have the audience, they go and target. And you hope that, you know, from that targeting, you're generating brand awareness, you're generating demand. Uh, you don't know whether or not that money was actually spent on companies that are currently in market to buy. So there's, there's an inbuilt inefficiency in the system. Well, now think about the marketer who knows that, hey, I have this group of companies that are currently in market to buy, and Mr. Publisher, you know, Forbes, I want to go and spend all this money that I have this quarter focused on those companies that are currently in market to buy. That's going to generate you know, a very different level of return from that specific campaign. So you take that very same behavior and you apply it to how marketers think about creating their nurture campaigns and at what point in time they actually send a certain message to someone. Uh, and imagine enabling that now with the sense of timing for who is earlier in their research journey and who is later in their research journey. Kind of like the podcast analogy where if you know that somebody is you know, kind of browsing your and you don't quite really know what topic they're interested in, you know, that's far less interesting than if they, you kind of know, hey, this person who's on my site is really interested in learning about predictive technologies, and you have a lot of different content around predictive technologies, and you now know how to surface those up on your website and say, hey, looks like you're a novice. You're just getting started in understanding predictive intelligence, so I'm going to show you podcast A, which is the basics. Or I know that you are kind of further along in your journey. You're actually thinking about how am I going to go and take predictive technology and integrate it into my company. So I'm going to show you the advanced version of the podcast where we talk about how you actually go and implement predictive in your company. Speaking of predictive analytics, there's adoption, there's predictive tech integration, there's a lot of elements to it. Uh, where do you see predictive analytics going from here? It's a great question. I think um, if you think about just sales and marketing in general, the whole theme is all about being data-driven. And one of the things that kept coming up at the B2B ESP conference was really around you know, the customer's journey doesn't start or end with the point at which they become a customer. Uh, so various folks talked about the infinity loop and other models that they, they use to really map out the customer journey. So a customer is really doing research. They're trying to figure out what solution they're going to buy. They ultimately come in. They become a prospect in your system, a known prospect. Hopefully you can close them as a customer. And, and now, of course, there's the whole service and support and maintenance. Uh, and then there's this constant communication for making sure that you can retain your customer, making sure... You can add more value. There's the upsell, the cross-sell, so much stuff that goes on even after the point that somebody becomes a customer. So the way I think about you know, predictive and where it's going is really going to be about predicting early and often that they're going to become a customer. That's kind of where predictive is going to go when you think about specifically sales and marketing uh, and the customer lifecycle. And I think, of course, you know, beyond sales and marketing, uh, there's a lot of places that predictive analytics and technology can go in general, uh, you know, applying it to other parts of the business around 
mean time between failures and when you're going to have product recalls and, you know, when you're going to have quality issues and, you know, how you can use it to predict your financial outcomes. And there's so many things you can do with predictive. Um, so I think we're only scratching the surface in what we do within sales and marketing and where we're going to go. Well, Amr, this has been a great look into predictive analytics and where it's headed. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you and Sixth Sense? Well, the best place to, to find us is uh, SixthSense.com, and we have uh, we have a great blog we maintain as well. We post a lot of uh, things that we're thinking about as as we kind of figure it out and hear from the market. Uh, and of course, you can always find me on LinkedIn, uh, Amr Doshi Sixth Sense, and I'll, I'll meet you there. Uh, it's not at a conference near you. All right. Well, thank you again for the great discussion today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. And uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners for following along. To find out more about B2B Nation, including our marketing and HR editions, check out our website, technologyadvice.com. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.